Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Between the Hash Marks. I'm Sean McCabe. You know, just living the dream out here. I'm here with the one and only James Kuglick. James, how the hell are you today? I'm doing good. I'm stuck. Oh, I, I need you to pick up the energy a little bit, James. All right? I'm doing good. That's what I like to hear. That's what, what I like to hear. How, how have you been? I'm good. I'm good. Cool. I'm uh, I'm stuffed to the brim. I had, uh, uh, what was it? I, I'm blanking out. Chicken Alfredo? Yeah, I It was so good. You completely fr- it must yeah. not have been that good. <laughs> no, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> I got a ham and cheese uh, sub in the uh, fridge that I'm okay. going to bring home and have for dinner now. But other than that, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm excited. We got a great cast. We're actually going to dive deep into... The finals this week, which we haven't done, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's we have an absolutely loaded show. We have the final quarter. We're going to be talking lots of baseball and the NFL, which getting back in the NFL season. Oh, cannot wait! <laughs> I can't wait at all. We're going to be talking NBA finals, like you said, NHL Stanley Cup finals. But hey, you got to listen to us on Facebook. We have all these teases. We're coming out with these videos about once every week or ten days or so. You got to listen to us on iHeart. You need to download the iHeart Radio app. Listen to us on iTunes, the iPhone podcast app. But first, it's time for my opening rant. Your number one source for sports. You know who I can't stand? Kevin Durant. He looks like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton had a kid. Now, who can argue with that? I hate Boston. I'm the biggest Miami Heat hater you'll ever meet. I just don't understand where you're getting your bogus information from. What the hell are you even talking about? Well, I'm sorry you're too freaking sensitive to handle the truth. You think I'm crazy? I'm just getting warmed up. You're now between the hash marks with James Koklak and Sean McCabe. So we've gotten to a level of hating greatness to the point of absolute absurdity. You don't want to admit that LeBron is the best player to play basketball ever. Fine, whatever. I, I, I'll argue it all day, but fine. People just hate to say it. Because it, but people just say it now because it seems like it's the cool thing to say, whatever, fine. People can't distinguish between best person to play and most accomplished. And like I said, totally fine. It used to be, now as far as best players of this modern era that, that's currently playing right now, it used to be LeBron, and then a couple notches down it would be Durant, And then there'd be about a mile in between Durant and whoever you wanted to put third, whether it was Kawhi Leonard or Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis you could put up this year. We had a great season. James Harden, whoever. Now, after watching the first two games of these finals, it's LeBron James, then a huge freaking Grand Canyon, and then Kevin Durant. And then one notch below Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry. I'll still put Kawhi Leonard, even though he didn't play much last year, or this past season. Anthony Davis and James Harden. And not admitting that to yourself, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. We're going to look at game one of the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant. 
<laughs> he had a great, uh, he had a good stat stuffing game. 26 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 3 blocks, only 1 turnover. But he did shoot 36%. Kevin Durant in the 4th quarter of Game 1 was 0 for 4. 0 for 4. 3 points in that 4th quarter, and it was all on free throws. And 2 free throws were made on that overturned LeBron call which, you know, kind of had a certain level of, you know, horse doo-doo to it. He went 0 for 0 in overtime of game 1. Didn't take a shot in game 1 in, in overtime of game 1. Can you believe that? That's no, insane. I, I really can't. We look at game 2. We're moving on to game 2. Another really good stuffing sh- stuffing stat sheet game. 26 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, no steals, 2 blocks. Had three turnovers, but he shot 71% from 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 the field. And actually, it, it, it's funny because he had a more productive game in game one, less turnovers. I, I think that's a huge deal, more steals. It, it's, it's hilarious, though, because the narrative is Durant responded so well because he made a couple of jumpers in Lebr- while LeBron was guarding him. But he only went two for two. In the fourth quarter of game one. I mean, it's so great. Such a great game. But the game was not on the line. There, there, was, there was no point in, in this game except maybe like like the end of the first quarter where, wow, this is a really close game. LeBron in game two, 29 points, 9 rebounds, 13 assists, 2 steals. Five, he did have 5 turnovers. But he shot 50% from field goal range. 2 of 4. From, from the from the field in the fourth quarter of game two. He went five of six from the field in the fourth quarter of game one. LeBron actually had more production <laughs> in game two, where it's funny because the narrative in game two for LeBron James is he played pretty bad, but he had more production in game two than Kevin Durant did in game two. And the, the narrative is LeBron played terribly in game two. Durant played great. <laughs> it, 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 this is crazy, absolutely crazy. This is... It's the point of absurdity that we've come to, that LeBron's terrible games are still better than Kevin Durant's great games. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I don't understand it. The difference between LeBron, who is the best, and Durant, who I still think is the second best player in the NBA, is light years. It's the difference between the Eiffel Tower in Paris and the Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas. It's the difference between the Great Wall of China and the Kumlahar Fort Wall. Do you even know what that is? That is the second biggest wall in the world. It's in, it's in India somewhere. I don't know how you just pronounced that name. I don't even know if I pronounced it right, okay? But I can tell you what. You've never heard of the second biggest wall in the world. You've heard of the Great Wall of China, though. I have, and I have not heard of the second. Yeah, exactly. It's the difference between... The Amazon rainforest and the second biggest rainforest. Do you know what the second biggest rainforest in the world is? No, you don't. It's the Congo rainforest. Not, not fun, without reading it. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun fact for you. It's the difference between the Sahara Desert, the Sahara Desert, which is 3.5 million square miles, and the Arabian Desert, which is three times smaller. Difference between Tom Hanks and Matt Damon. I can go all day with these comparisons. I mean, just look at, let's look at this. It's the difference between Serena Williams 
and Maria Sharapova. I, I once had a buddy tell me that Maria and Serena always have these super tough battles. <laughs> and we're we're in a bar just arguing this out. It's getting pretty heated. And we're just, you know what? We're going we're gonna to bet a freaking drink on it. We better drink on it. I look it up. Serena Williams and Maria Sharapova, they played 22 times. Serena's 19-3 and three against Maria. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Mikey Vergowan. Yeah, I'm calling you out. Was the drink good at least? It was a great drink. It was a great drink. I'm, I'm, I'm still pissed off about it. That's the difference that we're that – we're, that it's, it's so absurd. This is the level of difference that we're talking about. LeBron has dozens of insanely memorable moments in this year's playoffs. The game winner against Indiana. The game winner against Toronto. That oh, that insane that drive to the left. Oh my god, absolutely insane. The willing the Cleveland Cavaliers passed the Boston Celtics. He has taken one of the worst teams he has ever had and has put them in the NBA Finals. A bunch of veterans with big names that were good six years ago. KD's most memorable moments in the playoffs. The Western Conference Finals, a little sound clip where Steve Kerr is coaching him on the sidelines to trust the other guys on the team and not be selfish. Second biggest moment, second most memorable moment for Kevin Durant in this year's playoffs, him having an 0 for 3 stretch from the free throw line because he never misses free throws. Kevin Durant owes huge favors to J.R. Smith, the refs from Game 1, George Hill, and Steph Curry. J.R. Smith, he owes, for not putting it back up after J.R. just out-rebounded him. J.R. Smith literally out-rebounded Kevin Durant. He's, he's like five inches shorter than, Kevin, than Kevin, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's seven foot yeah. something, and he says that he's 6'9". That's J- a lie. Yeah, no, he's not 6'9". J.R.'s like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, if that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He owes the refs a huge one for overturning a foul call that they weren't even looking at. Could, could you imagine if Michael Jordan had a foul call overturned against him? on something that they weren't even looking at. Like, like the the Jordan lovers would be screaming from the rooftop, Jordan got screwed. Basically. He, you know who else Kevin Durant owes? George Hill. George Hill is an 80% free throw shooter for his entire career. His entire career. And he didn't seal the game. He could have sealed the game. And he owes Steph Curry. He owes Steph Curry so freaking much for carrying the team in game one in the fourth and in overtime and breaking the three-point record in the finals in a finals game in game two. If the game is on the line in the fourth quarter, it will not be Kevin Durant that will be bailing you out. It'll be Steph Curry. It'll be Klay Thompson. It would even be Draymond Green, but it will not be Kevin Durant. Could you? Have named the second biggest wall in the world before I just told you three minutes ago? No, you definitely could not. 
And that's the difference between LeBron and Durant. The Great Wall of China and that wall guarding some fort in India. I still couldn't tell you the name of it. I'm, I'm, I don't even want to try to pronounce it again because I, I know I butchered the hell out of it. But, yeah, that's the difference between LeBron and Durant right now. Well, I agree with most of it. I absolutely do. I, I think that LeBron is far and away the best player in the league right now, far and away the best player in the world right now. There is no comparison. The only comparison that you can make to LeBron right now, that guy retired back in the early 2000s, and his name's Michael Jordan. The only player that is worthy of a comparison to LeBron is Michael Jordan. But I don't think it's as far as you're going. I think that Kevin Durant is a hell of a player. I think Kawhi Leonard is the second best player in the league when healthy. I think that having the defensive player of the year is huge. It's something that LeBron, if, if, if LeBron didn't have the defensive talent that he has, he wouldn't be the player that he is today. And I think Kawhi having those defensive abilities puts him ahead of Durant because I think they're pretty close offensively. But I think that they're closer to LeBron than you would think only because of the era they're playing in right now. See, all right, here, here's the difference. LeBron is literally taking an entire city and running their economy. In a sense, yes. Like, if LeBron, when LeBron was not in Cleveland, what was Cleveland known for? The Browns, who are terrible, and they have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have the Indians, who can't seem they haven't, to, well, they, to they, win They're just the, as bad the as the games. Browns. They haven't won a World yeah, no, Series yeah, since they, the 40s. Yeah, they can't win the big games. Like, that's team, my grandpa was born in the 40s. <laughs> I think my gramps was born just before the 40s. He might have been so, a little kid during the 40s. So, yeah, so he saw the <laughs> Cleveland Indians win when he was, like, five years old. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Although he's a huge Yankees fan, so I'm pretty sure he's watching the Yankees. Yeah, okay, well, that's so, exactly. Why, that's why I'm a Yankees fan. But, no, it's just... It's 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 so crazy. He's taking this entire city and just lifting it up. And he had that press conference where they're questioning him. Um, oh, why didn't you make your teammates feel good at the end going into overtime in game one? And he's like, what more do you want me to do? I am taking this team to the finals. That is terrible. And it, I scored 50. <laughs> without saying that, basically that's exactly what he said. But something that I want to harp on here is that okay. I, I I kind of contradicted myself in the last statement, but I want to explain myself. Okay. Now, I say LeBron gets those. The only player worthy of a comparison is Michael Jordan, and that's because of this scenario. I think that LeBron and Durant are not neck and neck, but they're, they're closer than you're leading us to believe. But because LeBron is this... The savior. He's the best player in the world. He's the he's the you know potentially the greatest player to ever play this game. And it's hard for me to even say that as a Jordan fan. He's on another level, and that's because and and he's treated like this because of that. So his good games or Durant's good games and, and LeBron's bad games are similar, but that's be, they're called bad games for LeBron because he can put up the fifty one on any given night. But but shouldn't and, and that tell you that the, that, that 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 is. The, there's like this huge space in between one and two. And you don't even think Durant is two. No, I think it's Kawhi Leonard who's two. And I think Kawhi Leonard and Durant are neck and neck. And then if I had to go by, you know, neck and neck, I would say LeBron uh, LeBron is at the head and and Durant and Kawhi are, are closer to the elbow. But, but what's crazy— but, but, And then you got Steph Curry down at the but head. But what's crazy is—and I'm glad you—, you that you put Curry behind them too, but Curry's carrying the Warriors this series. 
And I think it's because of the way that he plays. He plays that I'm going to shoot the ball and I can hit it from anywhere. Now, Durant can hit from a lot of places, but I have never in my life seen a player be able to stop at 40 and just drain a three. Like every, time, no every time he puts one up, you think it's going in. It's uh, a shock when it doesn't go in. Yes, pretty every, much. Every, it's like, wow, he missed one. Wow, we, we just we just caught a huge break because he missed one. We better score because, right now or else, and it better be a three, because if we don't score a three right now, Curry's going to come and hit one in our faces, and it, it game's over. And, and it's unfair because they have so many. Now, if Curry was on Cleveland, he wouldn't be hitting as many shots. I think playing on the team that he plays on helps him get open and hits those open shots, even though he does hit a lot in the face. But that's why LeBron is put on that other pedestal. That's why LeBron and Durant can have similar numbers, and LeBron has a bad game and Durant has a good game. So that would be my explanation for that, although I do think that they are closer than you're leading us to believe. Um, but, okay, and all right, I want to I I take it to an, another level then. When LeBron left Cleveland— to go to Miami. Yeah, they did form some sort of super team, but it was no different than when Boston got Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen through a trade and then another through free agency. The, uh, the only difference was both players, Chris Bosh and LeBron, were through free agency. But when Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City... Oh, it's the weakest move in all sports. And and I and I don't like harping on Kevin Durant for this because if you if you if we're working for a company and then the rival company offers us more money, working for better management and all these great things, we would obviously go do it if we're if it's the same exact thing. But what what Kevin Durant did was it, <laughs> he had a chance to beat the team that he joined up three games to one. It's just. It's not the strongest move. It's like the Rih- strongest move. It's the it, Rihanna said it best. Winning a championship t- on a seventy-three win team is like losing your virginity to a to a stripper. And, and quite frankly, if anybody has done that, I feel bad for you. But but <laughs> it's go- probably a hell of a story though. <laughs> go, going back to to your point though here, I can't stand Kevin Durant for making that move. It's just. It is the weakest move I've ever seen in sports because he has the talent to win a championship on his own team. He did not have to join this team. It, it, the smarter move for the Thunder would have been to trade Russell Westbrook, keep yeah, Kevin Durant, absolutely. And, and bring in another star like a Paul George or somebody of that caliber to join that team. If you take off Russell Westbrook on the Thunder right now and you put Kevin Durant with Melo and Paul George, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, they're, They're making the Western Conference Final this year. They're a better team. So it's it, Durant is a great player, but there is definitely a distance between the two. But the answer to your question is because LeBron is in the conversation of being the best player of all time, and Durant is not. That would lead to these psychological issues where one's having a good game, one's having a bad, but they kind of have the same stats. But, but going into this Finals series, even I would have said at this very point right now, Kevin Durant's a top 20 player ever. Oh, for sure. He's but, seven but, foot. He can but, hit threes. But now, he, he but, can now do is, but, but now is he still there? I mean, obviously, we're going into Game Three. We're recording on Wednesday night. Game Three is tonight. Obviously, he could have an. Uh, uh, they they could close out the series in, in two more games, and he could drop forty five in each game, and obviously that would change opinions. But 
I need to see Kevin Durant do it when the when the game is on the line, and he's proven when that the he couldn't. Are the yeah, and he proved he couldn't do it in Game One. He needed Curry. He needed Thompson. He needed bully Draymond Green, and he proved it again. But before, when he was with OKC, up three one, and that Game Five, and that Game Six, they they, they should have won both those. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The Game 7, in the Game 7, they were up by like 13 going into the third, or going into the fourth. He's proven time and time again that when the lights are the brightest, like you just said, he can't get it done. And that's annoying. I couldn't agree more. He, you had, one, he had one shot in game, I believe it was game three of the finals last year. Where he, hit, he hit that three in LeBron's face. And that's the one moment where I've seen, wow, Kevin Durant did something. That's like we need to give him applause for. You, you want to see him do it without all this help, and you want to see him do it when, when the biggest moment is, is I, He's upon supposed him. to be the man in, for this Golden State team. Yep. When LeBron left to go to Miami, it was not Wade's team. I know we live in South Florida, and I know South Florida, they oh, it's Wade County, it's Wade's team. No, they were wrong. It was LeBron's team. And the reason why, in my opinion, why they Basically. lost that first finals against the, the Mavericks was because there was that friction whose team it is. And then the next year, it's finally established. It's LeBron's team. He took him to the promised land. And Durant needs to do that. Yes, he does. And I, we were talking about this off-air yesterday and that it's not a report, but there's there's like hints that Durant might move on from this Warriors team, that he's not getting the touch that he wants, yeah. and, and that well, he's slightly <laughs> unhappy in I that think, sense because there's too many players who want the ball. Yeah, see, I think that would be foolish of him to do because if he stays and this team stays together, they're winning the net. They're winning, you know, three. They they will be the two ninety or three more, Bulls. Two or three more titles yeah, if they stay together. But the thing is with Durant, him if he leaves to go somewhere else and wins a title somewhere else, well then, then. Everything that he did is kind of like, okay, we'll forgive you for that. Yeah, and I think that he needs to do that because you don't see – you see this more in basketball. You don't see this a lot in football. You definitely don't see it in hockey. And baseball, I think the least movement happens in all of sports. There's just not well, not that yeah. much movement happens there. You don't see a superstar leave his team. Yeah. To go to play for the Patriots over yeah, no, after the, they won a Super Bowl. It doesn't happen. Yeah, no, the like Patriots the, get rid of the superstars yeah, yeah. and bring in players who are no names and then go well, and win again. Every NFL Super Bowl winning team does that. They always get rid of players and coaches because that's what everybody's trying to take from them. The NBA is totally different. There's so much player mobility in the NBA. And like the biggest 
And like if you look at quarterbacks, I'm the biggest quarterback movement in the NFL. It was, was when not maybe not the biggest, but one of the biggest moves was when the Broncos traded Jay Cutler to the Bears. Like that was like a crazy freaking move. Like oh my god, you just traded oh. your quarterback to to another team. Or the Redskins leaving Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and taking Alex Smith. And like taking that, Alex that, Smith. That's a huge move. Yeah. But the, but that level, like that, it's not even close to the level of what LeBron moving, Paul George moving, Kevin Durant moving. It's like it's not like at that level. It, that would only be if like Aaron Rodgers left the Packers or Brady left the Patriots I, I would or love Breeze left the Saints. The Packers, but that's a different story. <laughs> but the whole point of this is that Kevin Durant went to a team that basically had already won a title, that they were on the verge of winning another one. They just had a season that they won, they won the most games all time. They beat the Jordan record. Yeah. I mean, you went to a team that was basically like, all right, here, sign the contract, and here's your trophy. You took the best team, best regular season team in NBA history, and you gave them the second best player. <laughs> and, and that is why it's the weakest move, and that's why I would applaud Kevin Durant for leaving and leaving the Warriors and doing it by himself. Because you know what? I, 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 and I'm not somebody—LeBron has proved everybody wrong for a long time, but father time will come. Eventually. And and this will be Eventually. Durant's league if he can step up. We talked about this off-air that his defense is getting better. He will overtake Kawhi, in my opinion, to be that second-best player in the league, or first in that in that case, if, if he can get better defensively because he's an offensive genius. We both know that. Yeah. He needs to do that. If he can do that, this whole rant goes away. Well, but, yeah, but right now, so I needs, totally agree with so you. So he needs to win a title with somebody else other yes. than the Warriors. Yes, and, and he, he can't. He, can't, he can like, put together a team, but yeah. he can't go to an already assembled team. He couldn't leave the Warriors and go to the Rockets. He'd have to leave the Warriors and go to a team like the Timberwolves that has some young <laughs> talent, but would be over the top if you put Durant on that team. You didn't. They didn't put the Warriors over the top. They were already over the top. It was it was unfairly over the top when you had Durant there, and it's or a little you, bit. You different. know what he needs to do. He needs to go back to OKC. I would love Won that. Won a title there. I would love that. I would love that trade. Without trade Russell, Westbrook. Yeah, Without trade, Westbrook. <laughs> trade Westbrook to Philly. I would love that too. <laughs> that, that'd but, be crazy. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we got some more NBA talk. We're going to de- dive deeper into the actual finals themselves and not just the Dur- Durant-LeBron debate. But we're also going to talk about the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. One team is on the verge of winning their first Cup Final ever. Right here on BTH. Do you have the overwhelming urge to advertise something where it'll only reach 100 people? Well, don't we have the perfect thing for you? Right here, we will sell you this 30-second spot for whatever commercial you want, as long as you let us put this music with it. This music will be by Audionautics and Jason Shaw. Isn't this music fantastic? We sure think so. And that's why we're going to make you listen to it for a few more seconds. Now, back to the greatest sports podcast ever to be conceived. BTH, and I haven't done that intro in such a long time. I feel like I've changed it up because it's I did been it. like two weeks, bro. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. It's been probably like since we were talking about football. But I used to do it every time, and I mentioned to you, I'm like, hey, it's I gotta, your signature move. I gotta come up with a new intro. You don't. To, it's your signature stuff, man. I, and all right, we're hey, gonna start talking now. I like it. Uh, anyway, we're uh, we're gonna jump right back into. Usually, we'd recap a little bit, but. Why recap? We're going to jump right back into the NBA Finals. Um, Andre Iguodala coming back tonight for Game 3. How important is that for the Warriors? Because I want to tell you something here. We just talked about this off air. I want you to give the stat after. But Andre Iguodala, 
is a difference maker for the Warriors in this sense. So on the court, the Warriors score two more points per game, 112.8 to 110.6 when he's on the court and off the court versus defensively when he's on the court, they're only letting up 99.2 points per game. Off the court, he's they're letting up 101.7 points per game. That's a four-point swing that Andre Iguodala brings to this Warriors team. Now tell me what we just talked about off air. Yeah, so before Andre Iguodala was announced that he was going to play in this game, he, the, the Cavs were a one-point favorite, one-point favorite going into, into this game. And then Iguodala is announced that he's going to play. Uh, I guess it was sometime, sometime today. We're recording on Wednesday. And all of a sudden, the line, the line, I, I saw it all the way up to Golden State four point favorite, but now it's a, but now they're a three and a half point favorite. So there is your four points that you're talking about: the two that that they add on offense and the two that they get rid of on defense. There's your four points right there. And that's a huge four points too, because now we're talking about in Cleveland, the Cavs are a favorite. Andre Iguodala comes back, and they're no longer a favorite to win this game. Yeah, that's big to me. Yeah, that's no, a, it, that's a big swing. And I mean, and the, the numbers are out there. You've probably seen the Facebook posts all over the place where. Uh, LeBron has a much more difficult time when Andre Iguodala is is guarding him. I mean, he it, it, it's still, I mean, LeBron's still averaging like thirty, but it's opposed to thirty five, and he's he's still shooting forty seven percent, but that's opposed to fifty one percent or they, something like they that. They always say you can never stop him; you just got to make him hit tough shots, and you'll live with those. Exactly, but that's also what they did in game two. They really in game two, game one, LeBron they were not they were not playing defense on him right at half court or right when the, right when he got the ball when he started bringing it up on the other side game 2 they started doing that and he had to take a lot more difficult shots and that's probably why he had 25 or 29 as opposed to maybe having another 40 50 point game and i, I think that's huge when you when you put the pressure, pressure on lebron from the very first minute of the game all the way to the last you're going to make it a lot more difficult on him and he's not going to be able to drop 51 8 and 9 or whatever the hell it was so it, it's it's definitely huge and then when you add another defensive genius like andre Iguodala, you're adding another man to the rotation and that's another thing that I wanted to bring up about this series. Golden State, they are using eight, nine, ten guys. Even if JaVale McGee only plays for six minutes, those six minutes are super freaking productive. You you get somebody like Bell. Bell is only Bell's only playing like 10 minutes in the game, but he's having productive minutes. He's getting a couple buckets. And those are buckets that you're not expecting him to make, but it's adding to the tally of Golden State. And that's that's a huge factor, especially when you're off when when somebody like Bell has the same amount of points as a starter like J.R. Smith. Yeah, it's huge because those are the guys that you have to stop. You're not going to stop Curry. You're not going to stop Durant or Klay Thompson, no. Draymond Green, but you have to limit them, and you have to stop the other guys yeah. from getting those points. You, and when guys like Bell or Sean Livingston— You can't let Sean, let Sean Livingston— the, When he has 12 yeah. points, the game's over. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but something I want to do bring up—we posted this on the Facebook page. Yes. How important is this? How well is Steph Curry playing? <laughs> he is 15 three-pointers away. From beating the all-time NBA NBA playoff history in most three-pointers made, he's which would be 386 would be the new record. He's at 370. Now let me tell you who's one, three, four, and five because he's number yep. two. Okay, Ray Allen 385 in 171 games. LeBron James is three 369 in 237 games. Manu Ginobili. He's got 324 in 218 games. Reggie Miller, 320 in 144 games. Steph Curry has 370 
in 88 games. Yeah, he's still got half of his career left, too. This is how, <laughs> how, how much does this stat go into the Warriors' success? Yeah, no, I mean, they, they really, I mean, Steph Curry, like I said, like going back to the last segment, I think he is the most important player in this series for the Golden State Warriors because he chucks up those threes and you know they're going in. When they don't go in, you are shocked. He actually just broke the three-point record in the final in a finals game, broke Ray Allen's record, and it looks like he's going to break another Ray Allen record for the postseason and three-pointers made uh, by the end of the, by the end of this playoff. So, yeah, he's the most important player and because of his ability to do that, he spreads the floor. He, you you make the defense put more pressure on him, and that more pressure doesn't mean he's going to start missing them. <laughs> and, and he like, thrives under the pressure. Yeah, no, and, and like you give him, we're standing what six feet away from each other. Roughly, if, if you give Steph Curry that amount of space, good luck. <laughs> you give everybody else that amount of space, they're they're gonna make it in the average 35, 33, 37 percent of the time. Steph Curry. 40%, 40%, it's 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 money. It's, I was it's, gonna say 100. percent Yeah, no, it's but, unrealistic. But, yeah, but, but but you get where the where I'm going with it. it. it and it's it's so freaking crazy. And, and and this is what the league has really come down to nowadays. I mean, you look at game two and three point uh, three pointers made. Cleveland was nine for 27, 33 percent. Golden State was 15 for 36. That's 41 percent. I mean, they they made that's six more made and. They only attempted nine more. I mean, that's 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 great, and that's <laughs> that going going back to what you were saying earlier. You actually said this off air was that when most people put up a three, you're kind of hoping that it goes in. Yeah. When Steph Curry puts up a three, you're like, all right, it's going in. And when it doesn't go in, it's a shock. Yeah. When most people take a three, it's like, all right, sweet, they hit a three. What a good shot. When yeah. Steph Curry does it, it's a shock when he doesn't make it. Yeah. No. And that's got to say something. Even, even though the one that he hit, where it's like he just he shot it like he was back in Davidson from his freaking hip, and then he just whoop, and it, it just it just goes in like right when the shot clock's going down. It's like oh my god, what a heartbreaking shot that is for the I, defense. I don't even know how he shoots it because he shoots it literally from his hip every time. It feels like it's like he brings yeah. it up and it's a quick. Yeah. Uh, his like release a, time is in, is it's faster than Ray Allen's. Oh, absolutely, and I just it's it's a I don't know how he does it. It's a really hard shot to to make the way he does it, but he's got it down pat. A, a little thing here that I uh, I want to talk about before we go deeper into this is that in the NBA Finals. Teams that are up 2-0 are 29-4. and Cleveland is one of the four teams <laughs> yeah. to win. Back in 2016, when the Warriors were up 2-0 and Cleveland won the series in seven. So you can't say never because yeah. you have the greatest player in the pla- on the planet right now. And-, and you've done it before. But game one, I think game one threw everything off. I think yeah. George Hill, everybody's blaming JR. JR has <laughs> a lot to blame. Clearly, his head was somewhere else, maybe in his butt, maybe in the clouds, somewhere. But anyway, George Hill is just as much to blame here. We got an 80% free throw shooter on the line. I mean, more often than not, he's making both those free throws. What are the odds that he actually misses one? It's 20%, roughly. Yeah. But but in reality, it doesn't feel like it's that. That 20% is so small, so minuscule. The fact that he missed it really does... T- Take a toll on, on how the Cavs lost. They had the game in the back. Yeah, no, and in game two, uh, I mean, game one. Yeah, you, you can you can say that. I, I'm blaming Jr. Um, it's a boneheaded move. His explanation. He's got so many different explanations every single day. I don't even know which one he's going with nowadays. But <laughs> but but one of the ones that I thought was really interesting was he said he didn't want to put the shot up 
over Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant's just going to swat it out of there. He just out-rebounded Kevin Durant. That same play. You just put it back up, bro. If you get blocked, you get blocked. At least you put it up. Yep. Nobody's going to blame you for getting blocked. Well, no, no, I totally agree. I, I don't know what he was And nobody's thinking. gonna blame you for missing. I, I don't know. I, I there were so many things that he could have done. You posted a picture on the Facebook page and yeah. showed LeBron out at the three point yeah. line, wide open. That's a shot that you gotta pass to LeBron. Uh, and I mean and and I just want to go into game two. Game two game two, the starters they all played fine. I mean, uh, LeBron had twenty nine, Love had twenty two. The kind of game that we, I was saying that Kevin Love needs to have twenty two points per game. Thompson had eleven. And George Hill at 15. But J.R. Smith, bro, where are you? You need to get that out of your head. You went 2 for 9 from the field, 1 for 4 from 3-point range, 0 for 1 from the free throw line, 5 points. 5 points, bro? What are you doing? Like, you're trying to, like, get this out of your head. You need to step up and be the player that they got you there for instead of instead of just you keep making boneheaded decisions. The, the, and the the bench did nothing either. Like, where's Jeff Green? Jeff Green showed up game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. And hasn't done six, anything since. Six points in game two. So, I mean, I, LeBron can't have 50. If LeBron needs game. to have 50 for you guys to be in it, well, it's I a mean, problem, yeah. number one. But I think the whole mentality of the team kind of went down after JR made that mistake, after the non-foul or the foul call that was changed yeah. on Durant So, so, to so that, that foul call, I, play, I put more blame on the foul call than I do on JR because if, if that foul call doesn't happen, well, then Cle- Cleveland's going to the line. Instead Up two already. Because they're, because they're in the bonus, and then they're going to make that free throw, and then, and, then they're, they're, and then LeBron's dribbling down the court up by two with 35 seconds left. Well, they as were, opposed to as opposed to being down by one with twenty three left. Yeah, so it, it's it's that's a heartbreaking move for the refs to to make, and could it have gone either way? I think so. But and that I, being said, you can't change a call that is so close like that. Yeah, you called it a charge on the floor. That's what it's got to stay. And you went to review. I can understand wanting to review it because you only called it a charge because you because you thought LeBron's feet were outside of that circle, that half circle there, and you want to check that to make sure because if the feet are inside the circle, then it's then it's not a charge. But once you see that well, he, it was inside that he's two up, minutes, correct? So yeah, I think so, so, that they so, can be in yeah, there yeah. within inside two minutes. No, 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 you can't. You you can't you can't be inside that circle. With and it be a charge, a charge. You have to be outside of that circle for it to it be was, a charge. No. I thought it was always outside of the you circle be, unless it was inside two minutes. No, you need, you need to be outside the circle all the time. Okay, okay. So so, and like you you, you review that play. Okay, LeBron's a mile outside of oh, it for sure. So at least three feet. What are you doing? It's it would be the equivalent of. Uh, Tom Brady throws a touchdown pass to Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman barely gets his feet in bounds. You go to review the play oh, to see if Edelman get, gets his feet in bounds. Okay, we see he got his feet in bounds, but oops, uh, Nate Solder, you were holding. So no touchdown. So no touchdown. And, and that's a, a ridiculous. It can't happen. The refs are totally 100% part of the blame, majority of the blame and, for game one. But I think that that whole situation, that whole last two minutes, the way it played out, yeah. Deflated the Cavs for the yeah, rest of the absolutely. series. Absolutely, it, it doesn't make any sense to me because you you would think going into this series, you you would think that the refs would have the memo from the NBA. Hey, you guys should help the Cavs so we can have this series go six or seven games. Now you mentioned to me off air that people are are kind of questioning why LeBron didn't drive, why yeah. he didn't take that last shot, why he passed it to Paul George or not Paul George, George Hill. Yeah. Now and I came back to you and I said, well, what's LeBron's free throw percentage? He's, is he better or worse than George Hill? Because I want the more 
the guy who's a better free throw percentage shooter, I want him at the line to end a game, regardless of stature of player. Yeah. I don't care if LeBron's the best player ever. If there is somebody who has an 80% or more free throw percentage for their career, for the season, I want them on the line. George Hill was that. So explain to me why people are kind of going crazy and why they think LeBron should have taken. So, so people are going crazy over this because back in the day, Michael Jordan would have never passed the ball up to Steve Kerr or Horace Grant or or whatever on a on a game winning shot, uh, so they're expecting so Jordan would take this shot and in their minds Jordan would make it a hundred percent of the time when in reality Jordan would make it about forty three forty four percent of the time just like a normal freaking shot. Also, these old people seem to be confused because there are specific games in the finals and in big games. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Where he passes it out to Horace Grant, he passes it out to Steve Kerr, and they hit the game-winning shot. So th- that whole that whole argument in itself is flawed. But the, the other argument— He made argument, the right move. Yeah, no, the other argument is, oh— if you you got to have that killer mentality, you got to have that killer mentality and take the shot like Jordan, like Kobe. But they're different players. You're passing to a guy underneath the hoop. Forget the forget about free throws. You're passing to a guy underneath the hoop. It's basketball 101. If the guy is open underneath the hoop, which George Hill was, you pass him the ball. Whether there's 12 minutes in the first quarter left on the clock or three seconds in the fourth quarter left on the clock, Basically. you get the easy bucket. Yeah, I mean they're down by one. All you need is two points. George Hill scores that. It's they're they're up by one. But you know what? What happens is Clay Thompson fouls him, so George Hill doesn't even get the pass. So it looks like a bad pass, even though it wasn't. George Hill was wide open. Clay Thompson fouls the, the living hell out of him. George Hill goes to the line and he goes one and one for two. So that that the the argument is why is LeBron passing the ball when he should have this killer mentality, and he should shoot it, shoot a jumper from the free throw line, which he has a terrible free throw percentage. But he, he's better. I mean, yeah, it's it's it's. Or he should just drive. And I can understand you want him to drive. In my opinion, I would want him to drive because I want I want to see LeBron have that great moment. But he made a perfect pass to George Hill, who was fouled. A perfect <laughs> pass under the hoop. So it's like it's like. And that's basketball 101. You get the easy bucket, especially when you're only down by one. I'm surprised people are even arguing it. I, I don't watch much basketball nowadays. I used to be an avid fan, but just kind of taken since basically since Durant went to the Warriors. Hmm. There's no point. Yeah. Um, in a sense. But with that being said, 
even I knew that's the right play to make. When I watched it happen, I knew it was the right play to make. I thought the Cavs were going to win because of that play, yeah. and, and they should have won. And like you said, George Hill has a better free throw percentage. We looked it up. George Hill, 80%. You heard it in the rant. LeBron James, for his career, is a 739 uh, free throw shooter. So, so 74%. But I'll, I'll take George Hill at that at that ab- moment. Absolutely, it's 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 like it's like. Would you rather have Kyle Korver who ninety percent, or would you rather have LeBron James who's seventy three? It's the same kind of concept. George Hill's a little bit less of a free throw shooter than Kyle Korver, but I want the better free throw shooter up there. So so overall, my my opinion is here that the last two minutes of Game One, the Cavs were telling themselves, look. We are right here. We have a chance to win this series. I know it's only game one, but we're right here with a team that everybody thought was going to demolish us in game one. We're right here. We have a chance to do this. Yeah. And then everything kind of fell apart. And all of that all accumulated to the, the them falling on their face and coming out flat in game two. And I, do I expect them to get at least once win this series? I would hope so. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sweep. I still think the Warriors got this in five. I think the Cavs will probably either win tonight or Wednesday night. The game's on at 9 p.m. on ABC. Yeah. Or they're going to win game four. The Warriors will end up winning this in five games. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, it's, and, it's something that, we, that we've all kind of that we've all kind of predicted. But game one they had, and if they win game one... It's a whole different series. It's a whole different series because you know... and Not know, but you... you There's a... Sh- like, I would put money that Cleveland's going to win one of the games in Cleveland. Oh, absolutely. So, so like, that, then all of a sudden, it's 2-2 two to two going back into Golden State for game five. We have a freaking series. It's a best of three. And and not to mention, Clay Thompson, I know he's playing hurt right now. He's probably easier to play hurt knowing that you're winning. But if it's a 2-2 two, two series or you're down one nothing in the series, yeah. that injury is hurting a hell of a lot worse. Oh, yeah. And it's a, it's a different game. And here. we were ta- and there, there was conversations all over the country that, oh, Clay Thompson is more questionable for game two than he was questionable coming back for game one because he, because he was all stiff and everything. All that adrenaline that you had in game one is no longer there. You're stiff and everything. Everything and so like does he does he I think he had twenty points in game two. Does he have twenty points when you're down when you're down one nothing or maybe maybe he maybe he only has nine points. Oh, that's that's eleven points you're missing right away. And and that that, I mean that's a difference. It's not going to make the difference in the game two per the score. But 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 it would it could have. Yeah, exactly. It could have exactly before the game started. All right, I want to move on to the Stanley Cup Finals here. We have a great series going on. I know it's three to one, but these games have been pretty close except for Game Four. Game Four, and it was weird. Capitals dominated the score. Vegas dominated the game. Yes, it was very weird. But all in all, this has been a great series. Vegas came out, wins game one. Yes. Then they go and lose three straight. They hadn't lost back-to-back games all playoffs long until this series. Is Vegas done? I think they are. And, well, okay, um, are they done in the sense that they're – are they going to win the series? No, they're not going to win the series. But I do think they, they take game five. Me too. So, I like, in that sense, no, they're, they're not done yet. They're going, they're going to put up a fight. And, and you see this in hockey a lot more than any other sport where a series is 3-1 – all of a sudden, a week later, it's three three. Yep. But that team that was up three one ends up ends winning up games. Winning, yep. Ends up winning games. It's seven. only happened once in NHL history that a team's gone back from 0-3 and came back and won the series. Two thousand twelve Kings, yep. and then they went on to win the Stanley Cup final. Or was it the two thousand fourteen Kings? It was the Kings, though. I'm hundred <laughs> percent. Don't get me. I'm, I'm a little mixed up on the years here, but they did do it, and it was against the San Jose Sharks. So look it up. But anyway. The difference to me in this series, as the hockey guru here, is Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. We're, we, uh, we talked about, we prepped, and what the whole prep was me telling you how great Alex Ovechkin has played. The two Lay it play, on me again. 
the, to the two plays that really stand out to me, it's, they happened in game four. Alex Ovechkin has two two-on-ones. And in those two two-on-ones, you're thinking, all right, the guy's got over 600 goalies, won the Rocket Richard like seven times as the leading goal scorer. He's got 60 goals in his career before. He's got 50 goals in his career before. He's got over 1,000 points in his career. He's going to shoot the puck here. No, he's not. He passed it both times. Did the defense make the play? Yes, they did. The defense made a phenomenal play both times, breaking up the two-on-one. But Alex Ovechkin, he is he has become a complete player in this year's playoffs. And he's kind of developed it over the course of the year. But you can see it in this year's playoffs. Barry Trotz has changed his mentality. He is coming back on defense. He is throwing his body around in the defensive zone. Even in the offensive zone, you see a defenseman, from the other team, go into the corner to get the puck, and all of a sudden, you see a freight train coming at full speed, and it's Alex Ovechkin going in for the hit. He has completely changed the way he's playing. He's not hanging. He's not waiting for pucks to come to him so he can score goals on a breakaway. He's not being just the offensive player that he always was. He has changed his game, at least in this year's playoffs, and he has elevated it. He's playing defense. I told you he reminded me of Stevie Eiserman after reading, uh, you know, it was a comment on something on Facebook and it totally made sense to me that Stevie Eiserman was a goal scorer until it was later on in his career where somebody joined the Red Wings. I'd have to look it up. I will get that. I will post it on our Facebook so you guys can see the fans. But that person changed Eiserman the way he thought, the way he played the game. And with that, he became a Stanley Cup champion. He became the great captain of the Detroit Red Wings. He became part of that dynasty. And Alex Ovechkin looks like he's doing the same thing. He has elevated the game. He has added to his game. He is not being just the offensive threat. He is playing a 200-foot game, and it is showing. Yeah, no, I mean, everything you said has made sense. I've, I've watched every single game, except I didn't watch much of Game 4 because I, wa I was watching Game 4, and this is one of the key moments of the series for me. The, the 10 minutes I watched of Game 4, Yep, Vegas is Dominating. Yep. Dominating the first five well, or six minutes. Most of the game. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, but seriously dominating. Yeah. And, and, and was it James Neal? Yep. James Neal. Hits the post, completely freaking misses it. Wide, wide open, open net. net. Wide and, open net. And then what is it? A minute and a half, two minutes later, Washington ends up scoring. And it's all of a sudden it's one nothing. Washington. And the Caps and that, end up going on to win yeah, six and, to two. And they, and they, and it's just, it was just that, that momentum that Vegas had of just, Completely dominating the first, and you say the whole game, but I, but I, but I really think the first five or six minutes they were before when it was still zero zero, and they just have these, the, and they had a couple other opportunities to score goals in in that stretch, and they just couldn't put it in the back of the net, and they didn't they didn't score until what was it four nothing? Yeah, they, they, they I, I think at one point I think at one point the shots were twenty two fourteen and the Caps were up. Uh, by four goals. <laughs> it, yeah. it, so, it, it showed how well Vegas was playing. And they just, don't get me wrong, they missed the wide open net. They hit three posts. So they played really well. They had the worst luck they could ever have in that game. But you know what? It's about time that they had that worst luck because they've been getting lucky all postseason long. Marc-Andre Fleury played out of his mind, making ridiculous saves. Now, I know Braden Holpe made one. I'm not taking that away from him. That was a series-changing save to save game two. In game two, and, yes. Yep, and, and going tying the series and, at one one and then going down 0 -2. And I would say that what that was the big that's the biggest moment of the series, but the second biggest moment was what I just said in, in game four. But the, yeah, that whole B save. We're it, looking at it right now in the studio. Yep, yep. Whole, holy Holby yeah. basically is what it says. But 
Mark Andre Fleury has has kind of tailed off a little bit, and I think it's because of all the energy that he's had to expend. Now, normally you're going to expend a lot in the playoffs, but this year for Vegas, it's been a little different. It's their first year ever in the league. I mean, their fans are going crazy. There's a different energy in Vegas's building, and everybody who has, who has been there this playoffs has said it. Every announcer, every play-by-play guy, every color commentator, every guy in the glass uh, down on the ice who's broadcasting down there, usually it's Pierre Maguire on NBC Sports or, or Brian Boucher or Joe Micheletti. All these guys have said the same thing, that Vegas's energy in that building is insane. And I think with all the extra energy that they've expended playing for Vegas in this year's postseason and all the excitement, I think it's taken a toll on Marc-Andre Fleury now. And I think that that's why he's starting to tail off. And it's not like he's tailing off a lot. I mean, he's still got great numbers. He's just not putting up the 950, 960 save percentage that he was. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think he... Is the, is the the biggest key for Vegas? He's the biggest key for them making the playoffs, and he has honestly, he has not had a good Stanley Cup. You want you want to say he had he's had a great series? I I I disagree with you. No, I'm no, looking, no not, I'm, not not a great series. He's had a great playoffs. Oh, great playoffs. Okay, yeah, yes. And then up until this series, and this series, it looks like he's starting to be exhausted. He lo- it looks like he's starting to lose some of that energy that he had. Over and over and over in every game, and looking like in, with one minute to go in the third period, looks like he had just started the game with that kind of energy. Yeah, no, and I'm and we were talking about it. He he had what was it like a nine fifty uh, save percentage in like the first round? It was something ridiculous yep. like that. So in in these Stanley Cup Finals games one through four, Mark Andre Fleury uh, an eight fifty seven save percentage. They they win they still win that game game two, an eight eighty five save percentage they lose that game, game three an eight eighty five same save percentage, and in game four a seven thirty nine save percentage absolutely freaking terrible and we look at Holpe Holpe had a terrible game one he only an eight forty eight save percentage but listen listen to games two through four, game two. 949 save percentage, game three, 955 save percentage, and game four, 933 save percentage. So th- when we talk about you really need a hot goalie to, to win the Stanley Cup, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's proven that you that you really do need a hot goalie to win the Stanley Cup. And oh, it, it, oh it, without question. The goaltender is the most—people say quarterback is the most, position, most important position in sports. I think goalie is right up there because without a good goalie, you cannot win in hockey. Yeah, and you can and you can win in hockey with like average mediocre everything else. I mean, look at the that New York Rangers team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Terrible, except Henrik Lundqvist that had, that had an insane Stanley uh, Cup. I, w- I wouldn't say they were terrible, but they weren't as talented as people made them out to be. Exactly. Henrik Lundqvist played amazing. Look at um, uh, t- Tim Thomas. Back yes. in for the Bruins yes. in 2011. That team nobody thought was going to win a Stanley Cup. No. Tim Thomas stands on his head, and look what happens. <laughs> it, it happens. That's the way sports go. But I, I, even though we've made a couple of statements saying that the flurry save was a game changer, uh, or the Holpe save, and uh, the Neil miss, but Ovechkin, he's really—I can't harp on it enough. When you see a guy who's got over 600 goals, and he's coming down where the clear path of the goalie, the defenseman is between— if you and I are on a, on a two-on-one just like this, and there's a defenseman between us, it is easier to, to shoot the puck on a wide-open net, and I mean wide-open meaning nobody's in front of it except for the goalie, than pass it over. And Ovechkin as a goal scorer makes the pass twice? 
twice. That is how you know he is thinking differently. That he so has a different so mentality. So even, even though even though those two plays where he, he didn't take the shot and he probably he, he probably should have as far as like goal scoring, but he's being a more of a team player, and that's just even though those two plays might have not been the best. But because of that kind of mindset that he has, he's playing at a whole totally different level. Yes, and okay. I, I, and he's bringing his teammates along. His teammates see that. They're like, oh, wow. You know what? If I'm out there, I'm going to get the puck. He's going to pass me the puck. He's playing out of his mind. He's going to throw the body. So am I. But when Ovechkin's not throwing the body, why should his teammates? Yeah. He's the captain, and he's playing like a captain now. And you know what? If he lifts the Stanley Cup, which I think he will, I would not be surprised to see him lift at least— at least one more, because okay. if he's playing like this, he's playing at a whole different level. And and, and you know what? I, I'm going bold here, but it would not surprise me if him and Crosby ended up with the exact same amount of cups at the end of their career if Ovechkin continues, continues to play like this. You're saying he's going to have two more? If he wins this year, he's going to have two more? I, That's I, crazy. I, I, I don't see it out of the realm. He's only 31 years old. Okay. All right? But coming up. Coming up next, we we have our final quarter. We're talking about baseball. We're talking football. I want to talk. I want to mention one thing. You gotta like us on social media. Follow our Facebook page. We're we're having great posts out there. We're giving you original content. You gotta listen to us on iHeart, man. iHeart Media. Download the iHeart Radio app. Subscribe to us between the hash marks. Also, the iTunes iPhone podcast app. You can follow us there. Listen to us there. Also, James will be coming out with a Facebook video this week. I am forcing him to do it, oh, it's, no, and it's I, going to be great. Oh, you don't even have to force me. I like <laughs> to do. I'm just waiting for the po- perfect opportunity, no, perfect you. moment, perfect thing to talk about. Also, also, fans, I'm going to post this on the Facebook page, but send us options. Send us ideas for, for, for you know— Things to talk about on yes. the podcast. If you want to be featured on our podcast, let us know. Tell us, hey, we want you to talk about this. We want you to talk about that, and we will do it. Let us yes. know. Send us Facebook messages. Post it on our page. We are happy to, and to you, oblige with and you. And you can also email us. The email is bthashmarks at gmail.com. We check that regularly. Some of you have emailed us, but we want more. We, we, we want the ideas to come in because you know what? We think we have the greatest sports podcast in America, but we know we can get better, and we we'd love any help that we can get at all. But if, coming if, up, if if you're not getting better, you're stagnant yeah, and you're, you're stuck. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Basically, I mean that's what Bill Belichick thinks. So. Basically, but coming up next, we got the final quarter. We got baseball and the NFL. You're listening to BTH. Do you have the overwhelming urge to advertise something where it'll only reach 100 people? Well, don't we have the perfect thing for you? Right here, we will sell you this 30-second spot for whatever commercial you want, as long as you let us put this music with it. This music will be by Audionautics and Jason Shaw. Isn't this music fantastic? We sure think so. And that's why we're going to make you listen to it for a few more seconds. Now, back to the greatest sports podcast ever to be conceived. Welcome back to BTH. We just broke down the NBA Finals, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Honestly, I, I mean the series don't aren't really close in games, but I, but I like watching all the games, and I, and I think it's it's fun to watch. And I think they've all been good games in my opinion, except for Game Four, and was a little bit of a blowout. But I enjoyed watching Game One and Game Two of the NBA Finals and the first three games of the Stanley Cup. 
I agree with you for the most part. Game four was a little iffy for me in the Stanley Cup, even though I love, I wanted to see the Caps win. I want to see a closer game than 6-2. Game two of the NBA Finals, I had to shut off. I got bored. I'm not going to lie you. to you. I hear you. It, I, it, I think it, game three is going to be good. I think game three I tonight. I hope so. And I think I game four so. is going to be good as well. Whether the Cavs... Um, Cavs might lose both of them, but I think they'll be really good, and I and I think Vegas is going to win Game Five. So I, I really hope that that both games become good, and that I don't hope Vegas wins, but either way, I just hope it's a good game because that's what this time of year is about. It's not about yeah. if your team's not in it. Yeah, you, you just want to see good sports. Yeah, no, and, we, and, and we're and we're both really happy with the Stanley Cup that that Tampa's not in. So oh. I mean, it's just it, it's just enjoyable to watch when there's when at least you don't hate one of the teams, you don't have to root hard against one team. So yep. that, that's really enjoyable. NBA Finals not so much enjoyable because. Basically everybody hates the Warriors unless you're from Golden State. Yeah, and you either hate LeBron and, or you hate or you hate the Warriors. <laughs> and I don't hate LeBron. I'm just a Jordan fan, so yeah. I don't want to see him win. You. But I, I hate the you. Warriors too, so it's like a lose lose. But uh, yeah. anyway, we got the final quarter. We got a great amount of stats going on, so let's get it started. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Here we All go. Right. Question number one: New York Giants star wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. fully cleared finally to practice and play. Does he deserve the new contract he so desperately wants? Easily, yes. Yes, 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 yes. A yes a hundred times. The man has put up numbers that not even Jerry Rice did. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Through the amount of time that Odell Beckham has played so far, he it, it, it's just mind-boggling. The guy is unreal. I mean, is there anything else to this? Do I have to go out and, and name every stat that he's ever done? Because he's, it's just, look at the touchdown catch, for, for example. And I know it's the most signature play, but who else can do that? Who? Because Julio Jones is, is marked the best wide receiver in the league. I, I can't see Julio Jones making a catch like that. In my opinion, it's Odell Beckham. Antonio Brown is, is close, and look how he's being paid. He absolutely deserves it. Are you freaking crazy? He absolutely deserves a pay raise. He's absolutely not worth it, dude. All right, look, I, I, look. Odell is incredibly talented, but he is not a game-changing wide receiver. Looking at his numbers and seeing his true value towards the New York football giants, it, it, it's, it doesn't matter. In his biggest games of his career, in these biggest games, I'm, I'm taking games, game. ga- games where he had 140 yards or more, or he had two or more touchdowns, okay? And they, he, he, those games, there's 15 of them. He's had 15 games where he's had either 140 yards or more, or he's had two touchdowns or more. The Giants have six wins and nine losses in those 15 games. Six wins and nine losses. He is not adding to the productivity of this Giants team. That freak show catch he made against the Dallas Cowboys, they lost that game. Yeah, they lost but- that game. I don't care how crazy the catch was. He, They lost the game. You're telling me he's so valuable. Where are the wins? The Giants were 0-4 last year with him, and he didn't have one 100-yard game. We're going to go back to 2014. He had seven 100-yard games. 2015, eight 100-yard games. 2016, 
only four 100-yard games. Zero last year. I know he only played in four games last year, but zero. He's super talented. Don't get me wrong. He is a top five wide receiver in this league. Don't get me wrong. But no way am I giving him all of this money going into this year until he proves that he is still at that level, especially when it's not translating to wins or playoff wins. He's 0-1 in, in playoff performances. I, he's I think, not showing up when the moments count, and he's not showing up in a productive way. Okay. Towards wins, anyway. I think that that's totally inaccurate because... What do you, the, the, what's the, totally the stats, inaccurate? The stats may not be inaccurate, but the fact that you're placing all the wins on him, he needs a team around him. Now, this is what I'm going to say. 2014, 91 catches, 100, uh, 1,305 yards. He averaged 14.3 average per catch, 12 touchdowns. 2015, 96 catches, 1,450 yards, 15.1 average, 13 touchdowns. 2016, 101 catches, 1,367 yards, 13.5 average, 10 touchdowns. Now, he is putting up numbers. Now, I never said that this these numbers are going to win you a Super Bowl, but these numbers are worth the productivity that Antonio Brown is getting paid. No questions asked. Because if the Steelers win, it's not going to be because o o Antonio Brown won them the game. It's going to be because they did it as a team. Now, he needs a team, but he's definitely worth the money. No questions asked. I'm just saying, like, you, you're, you're saying you're saying all these great stats. Yes, I'm not denying that he's not a top five wide receiver. What I am but telling you is... I'm telling you is he the games where he is most productive his 15 most productive games the Giants are six and nine and the 15 most productive games of your career it should be nine and six at least if you're on a good team the Giants have been terrible and it's not to his fault Eli Manning has led the league in turnovers they have had no offensive line no run game their defense has looked like Swiss cheese you can't put this on Odell and, and the his man deserves well, to be paid. Well, all right but look at his productivity just from 2015 to 2017 it's 2015 been 2015 he had 8 games with 100 with 100 yards or more 2016 four games with 100 yards or more last year i know he only played four games but he was he had zero and last year they were 0 and 4 in the games he played in so what 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 am I missing here? It, it, the, Where, last where's year the, the Giants were terrible, but the pro, the productivity is right they there. They won more you games. Take, they won more games without you. You take Odell. You take Odell's stats away from last year. He's got over four thousand yards in three seasons. I know. I, that, I, that I, is, I'm not. I'm that's not, the pro, that's where I'm going with it. Is he going to win you a Super Bowl by himself? I don't think so because no one no one player can win you a Super Bowl in football. It is a very or team oriented sport. But he deserves to get paid by those stats. But he's not worth the value that you're that you're that you are going to end up paying for him. He's you, not worth that value. If if you get him on a nice deal, yeah, he's he's great. But you're not going to get him at that level. And the Giants have so many other needs. I, I think that if you put him, if you switched him and Antonio Brown, the production would be the same, and he should be paid like Antonio Brown. That's the way I think. If he's if he's on the Steelers, the, it's there's no difference. I think it's the team that he plays on the quarterback he plays with. Moving on, the American League West is currently the baseball's best division, but has been anything but predictable. Currently, four teams have above 500 win percentage. What is the biggest surprise to you in this division? I mean, it's got to be the Seattle Mariners. They're in first place right now. They started out this year 22 and 17, and that's nothing to be angry about. 22 and 17, that's a pretty good baseball yeah, it's record. But since then, they've gone 14 and 5. Now, they're only six, they're, they're sixth in batting average, which is pretty good, but only 14th in runs scored, 11th in on base percentage, 13th in ERA. They have a, they're nice sixth in, in whip, but 13th in, in, in batting average against. So I don't, they seem like a pretty average team to me. They might make the playoffs, but 
I don't see them holding on to first place for long, especially when they only have one good starting pitcher in James Paxton. I I, I do like the Mariners. That is a great pick. I actually picked them to... Uh, to no, it was last year. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was last year. Card. It was last year. It was a good call, though. Um, <laughs> anyway, I got the Oakland A's. They're a team, a money ball type team, as you mentioned yes. earlier, off air. They're a team that nobody really expected to do anything this year. They're young. They do have some talent there, but they're not overly talented. And here they are. They got 31 wins. Yeah. They're less than six games back in the division. They're right in the thick of it. And a, a hot winning streak for them and a cold streak for the Astros and the Mariners for five games. And the to tides have totally turned. Yeah. They're in first place. That is why they're my biggest surprise. You have Matt Chapman. He's a decent name. He's only batting like a 235. You have Dustin Fowler. He's a big name who's coming off an injury. He's a, a, a big-name prospect, I should say. He's He hasn't played that much yet, but he's not batting overly absurd. I think it's no, like a 252 yeah, or he's something. Not, he's not doing so, amazing. But all together, as a team, they're getting it done. And, and they got two young pitchers, Sean Manaya, and who was the other guy that you were talking about? Uh, he's, I'm having a brain fart here. Daniel Megden. Uh, yeah, no, the, the the two pitchers, which it, it gives me a little bit of hope with them. Uh, I, I don't, I just don't see them. I, I love their little, little money ball thing they got going on. Billy Bean deserves a ton of credit, but I don't think it's going to keep going down the stretch. The one thing that the good arms are what are what gives me a little bit of hope with Sean Manai. He did have that no hitter against the Red Sox Very in, in April, and then Daniel Megden. He's, honestly, he's most famous for his crazy mustache that he's got going on. He's got like that Monopoly. handlebar mustache. Yeah, he looks like the Monopoly man out there. But listen to this stat. This is crazy. In his last 41 and two-thirds innings, he's only given up seven runs. And he's only given up eight walks this entire season. That's pretty impressive. That's eight walks in the entire season. That's absolutely crazy. I do want to talk about the Angels a little bit. This is a team that started out 13-4, and four, and a lot of people were predicting them to win the division even over the Astros or at least make the wild card. But they listen to the stretch here that they had ending the April. They get swept by the Red Sox. And then later that the next week, they get swept by the Yankees. Then in, the, in mid-May, they lose five in a row. And then... To close out the month of May, they lost five of seven, including some to the Yankees and some to the Tigers. Their pitching looks incredibly suspect, and their bullpen looks absolutely terrible. They can't seem to get their closer situation right. But the Astros, the Astros, they're, they're only not in first because they just had their most brutal part of their schedule. They just had to face Cleveland, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and now they're facing Seattle. But after this series, they only they only they play six games against the Oakland A's. And those are the only six games that they play against a, an above 500 team until the All-Star break. So I, the Angels are a very talented team. They just can't seem to put it together at the no. right time, it feels like. And going back to your A statement, I, I do think they'll fall off. But as of right now, 31-30, and 30, they've got to be a surprise to me because yeah. I did not think that they would have... 31 wins through the first 61 games. Yeah, and one thing that that I mean, there's there's three teams that are competing for the playoffs part. You could you could say four if you want to include Oakland, but there's really three: Seattle or Seattle, LA, and Houston. But I got some bad news for them because one of those teams is going to win the division. One of those teams is going to get the wild card. Not two, because I'm guarant I'm guaranteeing one wild card spot is either going to be Boston or it's going to be New York. So you better figure, you better step up your game, AOS, because you, you gotta, you gotta figure it out very soon because you're gonna be screwed. You're gonna be left out of the playoffs. You're gonna be a 90-win team left out of the playoffs. Oh, without question, because both the Yankees and the Red Sox will be in the playoffs for sure. All right, next question. Donald Trump recently tweeted out. Yeah, we're talking about the president again. We're a sports show talking about the president again. But he tweeted out that NFL players that decide to stay in the locker room during the national anthem is just as disrespectful as taking a knee. Does the NFL change its anthem policy again? No. I don't think so. I think this I is hope a dead they don't, subject. Man. I hope they. I hope they don't. But I do think this is kind of interesting, though, because 
if you are anti-kneeling of the anthem, and I thought about this originally, if you're anti-kneeling of the anthem, then this new policy should have pissed you off from the very beginning, not when Donald Trump decides to tweet about it, because the players not going out towards the toward to stand for the anthem, they're staying in the locker room. That's taking a stand in itself, and that could be viewed as disrespectful, even though that's ridiculous. But but you know what? I think all these teams should just not go out because they didn't, they weren't going out for the anthem. Uh, until two thousand two until two thousand and nine, that's when they started it. And college players don't uh, at all; they still don't. So I, I I don't see any problem with with just keeping the players in the locker room. It it avoids all distraction. And the NFL really can't do it. If the NFL is letting the president lead them in this, man, we got a whole another issue. Yeah, this is a that's it's a dead issue. The NFL's got to do its own thing. I don't think the NFL is going to uh, change anything. I think this is over with. Okay. Uh, Max Scherzer became the fifth pitcher in MLB history to throw second immaculate inning. Immaculate inning. Wow. Nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts. Is he the best pitcher in baseball? So I just want to tell you the company that he's with right now, the only four other people to do it, Lefty Grove, Sandy Koufax, Nolan Ryan, and Randy Johnson. That's <laughs> a, a list that you'd want to be on if you're a major league pitcher. But is he the best in baseball? No, he's not. Corey Kluber and Justin Verlander, I would say, are tied for first. Scherzer's having an incredible year, but even that being said, Verlander has a better ERA, better whip, more quality starts, less walks, and less hits given up. Kluber has one one hundredth of ERA worse, more quality starts, one two or one two hundredth whip worse he's got less walks and more innings pitched and a better strikeout per walk ratio i'd go verlander kluber then scherzer then if you want to round, make me round out the top five i go garrett cole and severino next what about you all right well a healthy kershaw he's got to be the one um a, hel- a healthy kershaw uh, it's got to be one for me. right well i'm talking about right now but what? i don't know but i don't know if i'd even put him that because kershaw has not had that se- that season yet this year well, the, the, all right. So just this year, but yeah, overall, we're looking at this year. Overall, I think in baseball as a whole, going back a couple of years, maybe going forward yeah, a couple oh, years. If I you want, if Kershaw. you want to go over the past five years, Kershaw is the best pitcher. Yeah, yes. over the past five years. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's uh, apparently he's already on. Because track I put to I put Chris like Sale ahead of Severino, but I'm putting Severino in the top five right now. Right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's fair, because I, I do agree. I don't think he's the best pitcher in baseball right now. I don't think he's the best pitcher overall in baseball. I do think it's Kershaw, but this is insane. This is uh, nine <laughs> nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts. It doesn't happen very often. you got to appreciate greatness. Absolutely. All right, next question. What do you think about the Pac-12 no longer allowing five and seven teams from the Pac-12 conference to enter bowl games? I love it. Why the hell should a losing team be in a bowl game? <laughs> Absolutely. Why I don't understand why the other conferences haven't done this yet. But you realize if all the other conferences decide to do this, that some of these bowl games aren't going to happen, and a lot of people are going to end up losing a lot of money. Yep. So, but but I say screw it. I mean, if if I think if you're six and six, you should be in. But even that's debatable. You should be at least seven and five to be in a bowl game. It's talking about money though. I, this is a quick side point. Alabama, I just read, is going to play Central Michigan in three years <laughs> from now, and Central Michigan's going to be paid one point something million dollars hey, to play them in Alabama. Yeah, it's so, what it's what FAU did a couple years ago to help pay for that new stadium. And uh, hey, I mean, pl- playing playing that kind of competition only makes your program better. No, I agree. I just I thought it was crazy that a team can actually be paid to go play a better team. But yeah. anyway, moving on. San Antonio is not currently taking any offers for Kawhi Leonard. Your thoughts? 
finally some good PR out of the San Antonio organization about Kawhi Leonard. Look, they're really trying to show that they care about Kawhi Leonard. They're really trying to mend this relationship. Even if it's not 100% true, even if they still are trying to shop him, they need Kawhi to be back to be to be considered for con- title contenders. They're a great organization. They're a great team. And I don't mean maybe they were great this year as good great, but they're just a great like person organization. Yeah. They care about their people. And I got to tip my tap. Tip my Tip my tap. Yeah. Yeah. Tip my cap to the Spurs for this because they shouldn't get rid of Kawhi. Although I did read at the article dot 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 yet. Yeah. So. All right. Next question quickly. Ryan Shazier wants to play football again. What's the likelihood? He doesn't. It yeah. doesn't happen. He's 25 already. He's barely walking. Uh, I, he'd have to be in uh, have an immaculate conception type miracle, <laughs> you know, recovery for him to step foot. Uh, he's going to live a great life. Yeah. But he's not going to be able to play professional football. Yeah. I, I didn't think. I mean, I, I didn't think he'd end up walking again. But after watching him walk on the NFL draft day, I mean, that gave me the goosebumps. I don't want to doubt him because how can you doubt this guy? But I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm not going to doubt him. And he'll uh, have a job with the Steelers forever. Yeah. Somehow, some way, he'll be with that organization forever all right i want to tie these last two questions together because ironically we have the same two people for both questions who is your nl and al mvp thus far this season i'm just gonna let you take it because i got the same people i have freddie freeman of the national league and i have mookie Betts of the american league but i do want to throw jose ramirez out there jose ramirez had a terrible april but he's had he's been the best player in baseball over the past 30 games Okay. All right. Yeah, I've got Mookie Betts for the AL. I've got Freddie Freeman for the NL. Who thought the Braves would be this good? Yeah, right. And Freddie Freeman's a big part of it. I know they got two rookies. They got Marcel, uh, not not Marcel Zuna, uh, Okuna. Okuna, yep. Ronald yep. Okuna. Yep. And uh, so. Uh, uh, Ronald Albies. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so he's, he's also having a great year. So. They're, uh, I definitely didn't see the Braves doing this. And Mookie Betts, he's just playing unreal. We knew he was a good player, but yeah. did I think he was an NL, AL MVP type candidate? I thought he was getting there, but look, he, he's right there in the thick of things leading the AL right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're going to wrap up the show here. I just want to share one crazy thing that I saw. It actually happened, I think it was last night at the Padres game at Petco Park. Foul ball is hit. Back it behind the bleachers. It lands in this girl's beer. And she's standing there with a beer in her cup, like she just made this great, this great catch. And she made a great catch. She catches the ball in her beer, and then she does the the sexiest thing in the world that this this world has ever seen. She chugs the whole beer with the baseball still in it. Honestly, the the dude that was with her should have proposed to her on the freaking spot because there is not a sexier thing in this world than what she just did. I saw it. It was a great video, and I agree. I would marry her. She was gorgeous, too. Yeah, yeah. She's a good-looking girl. Yeah, she was He should have proposed. He should have had the ring ready. Yeah, he should have had the ring weeks ago. But (laughs) anyway, you don't let a girl like that walk out the door. Anyway, my I actually want to say something. I know we talked about it briefly earlier, but it is now official. Andre Iguodala will be playing tonight. Just came down. Breaking news. Makes sense. All right. My crazy thought of the day usually we do one of these but i have such a crazy thing here that i have to include it <laughs> this is nuts highest paid athletes in 2018 okay i'm thinking it's gonna be like messi or like lebron or ronaldo okay so messi is number two ronaldo is number three lebron is number six i'm gonna start with lebron lebron made 85.5 million dollars in 2018 according to forbes okay okay yeah, I gotta trust them. They, they, Steph Curry made seventy six point nine. Roger okay. Federer at number seven. Steph Curry's number eight. I'm just gonna go in order actually, from two to ten. Two. Leona Messi, a hundred eleven million. Ronaldo, one hundred eight million at three. Conor McGregor, ninety nine million at four. McGregor, nine ninety nine million at four. <laughs> 
Neymar, 50, uh, 90 million at five. LeBron, 85.5 at six. Roger Federer at seven at 77.2 million. Stephen Curry at 76.9 million. He's at eight. Matt Ryan at 67.3 wow. million at nine. And Matt Stafford, 59.5 million at 10. Who is number one? Uh, wow. Floyd Money Mayweather. <laughs> At two hundred and eighty-five million dollars. How many fights did he have this year? In two thousand and eighteen, none. But he's had one, one fight since September thirteenth, two thousand and fifteen. And it was that bogus fight against McGregor. And it was the bogus fight against McGregor. I say September thirteenth because he fought Andre Berto on yeah. September twelfth of two thousand fifteen. September thirteenth, two thousand and fifteen. Till now, <laughs> he has one fight. And in 2018, he's made $285 million. That is more than Leo Messi, number two, and Cristiano, number three, combined. Yo, I know 50 Cent made a joke about him not being able to read a page out of a Harry Potter book, but he is a freaking genius. He, he doesn't need to read. <laughs> he doesn't he's need got, to read at he all. He can pay people to read. <laughs> yeah. So, but that, that, I had to get that out there. I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, coming up next week, I'm going to have a great rant for you. We're going to have a great show for we you. Got the World Cup. Show. We got the World, World Cup. Cup. Rundown. I, uh, this is going to be a crazy show because. You know, the World Cup only comes around every four years, so we have to make it. We have to. The the best World Cup show that we can, and we're going to for you guys, the fans. You guys make us. We appreciate you all. And until uh, next time, have a great night. You're listening to BTH. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.